Welcome back to another episode of Hobby Time in the Murder Basement, where today I sit down and talk with Kenny from Next Level Painting. You all know him, you all love him. We had a great conversation. Stick around. Kenny, thank you so much for joining me on literally the worst day of the week, Mondays as we know it here in the murder basement in St. Louis, uh, Missouri. Uh, if you have not watched any of Kenny's next level painting, uh, airbrush videos, you're doing it wrong. Uh, easily some of the most comprehensive airbrush work uh, I have seen and I've basically everything I learned, I've learned from Kenny's work and also from the Long War podcast fame. Uh, Kenny, thank you so much for joining me today here in the Murder Basement. I truly appreciate it. I can empathize with Murder Basements. I'm also coming to you from a Murder Basement. Yeah, it looked like there were some, like maybe some movie prop things happening in the background. And, uh, you know, after watching the newest Maniac, I always have a healthy distrust of mannequins. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just, uh, actually moved my, uh, office off-site to my neighbor's house. I'm like renting a little space from them during this whole quarantine shenanigans just for separation of work and house life, man. It's been crazy, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I bet. Uh, it is. It has been really weird losing all sense of, uh, you know, community and routine and being stuck in one location. Uh, I, I have definitely had some uh, some serious problems with it. Although now now I'm like six weeks in, I've got it all figured out and I gotta go back to work next week. I don't know how I'm gonna handle it. I know, right? It's uh, even for a bunch of introverts who nerd out in their basement anyway, this is shockingly more difficult to adapt to than I thought it would be. <laughs> we always joke that we're ready for this. We got this. And uh, I have painted hardly any models to completion. I've done, I've painted things. I have made content, but I have also like um, done a lot of what feels like wasted time things. I, I think the best COVID meme I saw was the one where it's like, <clears throat> like he said he was gonna paint all his minis. And then it was like, it's just Morgan Freeman. And it's like, he did not. You did not. <laughs> I have painted exactly the same amount of minis I normally paint. Yeah, I've done a couple really interesting uh, experiments. Like uh, yesterday on stream, I was working on this dude from 3D Art Digital, and I I, uh, I I dry brushed the entire thing. Like I did not do any like actual painting, uh, and I am actually kind of thrilled with how it turned out. I was like, I've never just dry brushed a model to like OSL and now I'm like huh I would have never done this any other time and yesterday I had the time to do it <laughs> so good for you man yeah well thank you so <laughs> uh I kind of want to start from the beginning like where did uh the Kenny from next level painting character kind of uh come from like where where did you find your your voice and your personality? Because you are easily one of the most recognizable people uh, just by like 
your style as far as like your persona online uh and then when you see your 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 models and stuff you also have a very distinct style how how did you come across that as uh as the the next level like thing <laughs> well 10 years ago we started a, a commission painting studio and by we i mean the royal we me just me right right this guy right here uh you know as far as like content creation goes that came later you know like okay. i did six years of commission painting like i was a commission painter that was next level painting was that's how we paid bills and later the rest of this started just occurring i always joke me and my man rob like 10 years ago when we got together on this whole thing we had blogs dude <laughs> people still use that term like yo check out this blog and i was like ain't no such thing as a fucking blog dude <laughs> like that's not a thing anymore it's a website but we still we use it for the same reasons and maybe we make more money in it because you remember back in those days blogspot you, you put your shit up there and then you can roll some google ads and you can get some money oh yeah and that's how that shit worked we had blogs and that mainly just to show off what we were doing and galleries it was just free man it was just trying to make shit happen for low overhead and then one day uh blogging was kind of dying like the whole concept of like a like a basement nerd taking two days to type this really smart article because like most basement nerds are pretty fucking smart they've been they you know they're doing a hobby that takes a certain degree of brain power brain power and opinion mm -hmm. <laughs> you know and uh one day people were like nah i don't, don't want to read this shit anymore i want to hear it right right and that's what we're doing right now is a podcast right and so we were like or rob you know and friends were like you heard about these new podcast things i was like i i, I don't i don't have a i don't have an ipod and he's like no nah, nah, nah. like, that's not what i'm talking about he's like oh internet radio come on man yeah what yeah i think i said the exact same thing when my friends were like you should listen to podcasts it's like i don't have an ipod and like mm -hmm. no 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 you don't understand i'm like okay all right well maybe i'll figure it out and <laughs> then yeah i did i did a podcast for like two years i think from like 2012 to 2014 or something like that and it was great it was it's a really fun thing to do um how how did you get to that point though that you decided like opening up a painting studio was going to be uh like the thing to do because like uh you obviously had been in the hobby for a long time uh you know and and anybody with a giant uh chaos star on their arm uh had better be a uh, ride or die in it for, for the long yeah. haul so ride or die homie that yeah, was for life dude <laughs> when did you figure out that that was something that you could do that something that you did differently because uh you know in in my age doing it it seems like more often than not even though there are people who aren't putting any effort into it it seems like because the the world right now is so open and everybody's learning from people like you and you know all the other content creators they're like the level of like this is impressing people is like much higher than, than I think it probably was 10 years ago. Well, I'll tell you like, uh, like I'll tell you an anecdote, perhaps I'll, I'll blend that in, but essentially like I was, I'm a commercial artist. Like I, that's, that's what I've always been. Like I went to school for that. I got my technical degree in commercial art two days before I got my high school diploma. I was going to school share time. 
Oh, wow. Like, so, but I've also been an artist my whole life. My dad, you know, identified a passion in me as his child and nurtured that like many parents do, right? And so I was always doing art, you know, always taking classes. My dad would sign me up for shit I didn't want to do, but he made me do it because he was my fucking dad. And he's like, you're doing this shit. <laughs> sure. And so I've, I've, you know, collected a knowledge base over the years, you know, developmental years as a child, being forced to do things when you have unlimited time as a kid, you know? So I did build a base of knowledge, but when I was being like formally educated, the concept of monetizing your passions was always the first part of that. You're getting a technical trade skill that is about getting a professional paycheck. That's about getting professional wages. Where a lot of my friends uh, who I grew up with as artists were going right to college. They were taking fine art degrees or doing this. And it was almost like they were like brainwashing them to like feel shame for that emotion. And uh, we would like, you know, talk later and I'd be like, yo, why are you guys all like, why are you guys acting this way? Like, it's, dog, this is America. It's about mon monetizing your passions is the American dream. Right. And so I've always approached art as a way, a means of which to get paid. Because my dad told me, he's like, doesn't matter how weird the thing you do is, whatever you're an expert at, like, you'll get paid for it. Like, that's just how, that's, that's, that's America. So I put a lot of effort into getting good at art and thought I was gonna be a comic book artist. And then when it came time to, you know, fill out the applications and do my trial tests, uh, it turned out I was not even fucking close. Oh no. Being, I was like, yo, I got this. I'm 19. I've been doing this for years. I draw 10,000 hours a year or 1,500 hours a year. Like, and I was like, I got this. They were like, do four pages, turn it in tomorrow at three. And I was like, that's literally impossible, dog. It'll take me six months. They're <laughs> like, you, <laughs> you're not ready. So then get I kind of just, son. yeah, get good. So I pivoted, you know, and then did a bunch of work. Always was trying to be a graphic designer, which I was for, you know, for years and floated around in jobs. Pour concrete for seven years was the biggest, that was the biggest chunk of my life and one job was concrete. But the whole time I was working graphic design, but I turned my back on it because this, this is the story right here is that I was working at a casino slinging burgers in the mountains of Colorado. Yeah. In Cripple Creek in Teller County. Side note, at the in that era, the number one meth county in the country per capita. Nice. Was It was dope. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I'm like, there, there's an opening, it's a big casino. There's a big casino and there's an opening and they're like, yo, we're looking for a new uh, uh, art director. But I had the credentials, the portfolio and the skills. I went in and they have, a, they, li and they have, a, they like to promote from within like first. So I was like, no, this is gonna be dope. Slung my application at them, threw my portfolio down, just saw my credentials. They were like, oh shit, this is gonna be awesome. You, you have the job, like this is it. And I was like, that's awesome. I, I'm an art director now. Like finally, after all these years, and I'm like walking out of the office and I'm like, just casually like, yo, how much is my new paycheck? And they're like, oh, the job starts at $9 an hour. And this is like, this is, this is before I started my business. This is like yeah. over a decade ago. They're like $9 an hour. I was like, hold on a second. You know, you already pay me twelve fifty an hour to make burgers in this like, <laughs> right, right. like you already pay me more than that to make hamburgers, dog. And they were like, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, there's a little, I mean, okay, we'll match it. 1250. Like we'll give it to you for two. I was like, nah, like, I don't want any responsibility for like, get the fuck out of here. You know? So right. I got super butt hurt. Uh, then eventually, you know, got into construction, was pouring concrete, did that, was very happy with that for years. And they, but during that hardship, right in the trenches, 
uh, which I, I still enjoyed the, the creation of projects and the instant gratification of a job well done that day because that's concrete, you know? Sure. I loved it, but it was really hard on me and the whole time I was thinking about art. Then finally, I think my mom, who is 40K Sue on Facebook, she had an eBay store for like a decade. I used to own a game store, which failed miserably because in business you're gonna fail multiple times. The colloquialism is, uh, at first you don't see try, try again. It actually says try, try again. It's two tries at least. Yeah, at least, and yeah. She bought my inventory. Cause like, I just had all this crap and I could, and she bought it and got started on eBay, right? Yeah, she's like, she I'll, was, I'll, we'll figure this out. We yeah, got she, this. She hooked me up, right? And in like <laughs> years, and she did really well on eBay for a while. And then finally she got out of it. She retired and everything. But later she was like, you ever thought about airbrushing? I was like, I mean, I remember taking a class on it when I got my graphic design degree in like the late nineties, you know? And she was like, I'll buy you an airbrush. So she bought me like an Aztec plastic airbrush. Nice. And I was like, yo, let me see what I can do. I banged out this whole Dark Angels army. Just like did all the greens, did some washes. And I was like, what? I was like, yo, we got this. And so then immediately threw that garbage, that airbrush in the trash and then bought a, a good airbrush. And then uh, I started to give credit to my mom for setting me up on that airbrush. And I started painting models and like for myself. And I was like, this is a game changer. This is a game changer. Start figuring it out. And then once I actually did another army for myself, this is just stuff I wanted to do. I was like, I think I might have something here. But the whole time period up to that moment, that was 2010, to all the way back in time, I never stopped playing this game, going to the scene, trying to win tournaments, trying to do the best job I possibly could, painting my models in that era. Whatever the era was, was it ink era? Was it when we discovered washes era? Was it all the way back in the day when it was dry brushing? And then some guy would come with some blended shit and not tell you how he did it era? Was it the <laughs> right. era where GW put out this how to paint book that finally explained things? You remember that? Like literally which era were you in? No matter what the era was, I was doing the best I could. Sure. Then the, then the airbrush was introduced to me and then it's like kind of a reset. Like, okay, now I have to get good at this. And I thought I was good enough. So, and I was working construction. In a, in a capacity in which I could just be like, hey, I'm not available for concrete for the next two weeks. So I was able at this crossroad, say that to the, the, the contractor I was subcontracting for. Right. And he was like, yeah, it's fine, I'll call somebody else. And I put it out there, I was taking commissions, put up a shitty little block spot. And my first uh, client was a guy named Hod, badass, old school friend. I did a space with Army in two weeks. Uh, then my boss was like, or the contractor, which I viewed as my boss, was like, yo, sure. you, can you pour concrete this week? And I was like, yeah. Came back on Wednesday, pour concrete, got an email. And I hit him up again. I was like, yo, I think I'm gonna be off the grid for two more weeks. And that was the last time I talked to him because then our queue started backing up as I was putting out product. So it kind of happened really fast, right? But the whole time I'm on forums, talking to people, meeting people. So I can't emphasize enough, like interacting in this community is why it like actually worked. Sure. Right? Like that's why it worked. Because I was talking to people, I was hanging out with people. And a big part of our hobby is, is a callback to previously where we're joking about COVID and like we thought we'd be more prepared for this. Yeah. You can't 40K, you can't age a Sigmar, you can't do it alone. Right. The entire end game of every project you start on is to go somewhere and be with somebody with that project. And that has been removed from the table right now, which has also taken away a lot of our motivations. It's, so 
it's definitely difficult right now to justify spending like the entire time working on an army. And like, I know I should be like uh, part of, uh, I'm a vanguard for uh, the Parabellum guys on Conquest, Last Argument of Kings. And part of, they want me to like have like a fully painted demo army. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Like no problem. And I've got like two thirds of the way through it. I'm like, I am going to mess around on some stuff that is like chicken soup for the soul right now. <laughs> like I do not yeah. want to do the repetitions. I'm not, I'm not uh, doing the marathon stuff. I'm, this is all got to be candy for me right now. It has to be like this. I mean, like, you know, you, I'm sure, you know, people who listen to this, it's like, I'm sure you've heard it be down, be, beat over your head a bunch of times during this whole crisis. Like mental health is an issue. Mental health is an issue. That's hell. There's a fucking issue. It's an <laughs> and, issue. <laughs> and it for realsies, and you got to do what you got to do to stay focused. Don't ever beat yourself up because you feel like you're not on task. You know, do what you need to do with your artwork in that moment to scratch that itch, and kind of suspend all other things, like other elements of it. You know, like yeah. it's, it, it can't like it, it can't feel like work to you unless it is your work. Which is, oh, if you're if you're a pro painter listening to this, sorry, that that's that's my view. Right. Might need to get online therapy, dog. The really interesting thing is, so Lynn Stahl had a very s- similar story. 2009, 2010 is when her business really took off. Uh, and I've kind of heard that that being kind of this interesting, uh, you know, like, you know, beginning ramp to what yep. we now know is like the hobby renaissance because... You I know, know why. So what <laughs> happened there? Because like, I was like the farthest thing from the hobby at that point. <laughs> so we've been doing this for 10 years, right? And me sure. and Rob, my business partner and best friend, Robert, we, we've we always been real serious about this and always treated it like a job. And to the point where when somebody uh, might question us or ask us so for advice, they'd be like, well, you know, how do I get started doing some of this stuff? And we'll, we'll, we'll say some things and they'll say, I don't want it to feel like a job. Like, oh, cool, do something else. Right. If you don't, if you don't treat things as jobs or as careers, you won't be good at them. I don't care if it's golf, playing pickup basketball with your with your friends. If you don't take it seriously, you know you're not going to do good at it. And don't get it twisted. We all came here to win, no matter what it is we do. So we always took it seriously. And we, the part of that is like looking back in time, reflecting. Why did this work in this time period? Why didn't it? Why did this work Q1 2019, but not Q1 2020? Like always looking at data. And back in those days, the 2009, 2010 era, back to an earlier point, blogging was shifting to, to podcast. And that was really exciting. Mm-hmm. And a lot of podcasts popped up. And that was a really new, exciting way to get people hyped. But also we were at the height of the forums. The forums right, right. were crazy popular, but go step back into it. Why were all these companies booming? Why was, uh, why, why, why were these commission houses popping up? Well, that's also the same 24 months that airbrushing hit the scene. Like, really? there's, a, there's a guy, Brandon Palmer, GMM Studios. He's the godfather, dude. Like he, like people, if, if you don't know who he is, you might, I mean, that makes sense. He's never really been addicted to social media or anything like that, but he's probably the most prolific single entity commission painter in the, in the, in the planet. Really? His workflow and what he's able to do as a single human is incredible. It's superhuman. But he's he literally was using an airbrush the whole fucking time. And then people were starting to figure it out and he was talking about it. And he's actually one of the guys who told me to buy like an Awana clips like 10 years ago. So right. then airbrushing hit the scene. 
then you got this whole new thing to, to, to hate on <laughs> for like a half a decade of just fuck airbrushing. Right. It's too airbrushing. So now you got this whole new hot topic, right? And as you know about anything in the modern era, like that was just a precursor to how internet is. Right. That's just, so it was happening way back then. And then the final piece of the puzzle, fifth edition 40K. We were transitioning to fifth edition 40K. And fifth edition 40K was all about min-max. It was all about a shitload of Razorbacks and Rhinos and the smallest amount of infantry to support that. That is a commission painter's dream, but a layman's or a casual painter's nightmare. Sure. Yeah, totally. Like they, they don't want to paint Rhinos in big-ass box tanks because like they don't know how to airbrush. Right. And only right. these experts knew how to airbrush. So it's a dream to, to quote somebody on a commission where they're like, I want six Razorbacks that can be rhinos and literally exactly five man for five man squads to go in all of those. I want 30 <laughs> guys, two HQs and six box tanks. And we're like, OK, well, too easy because those box tanks were the easiest. Like a rhino is so easy to airbrush and paint. So it was like crazy ramping up so now people's galleries are getting huge huge army pictures i painted this in two weeks it was changing the world which only fueled the hate because you know what somebody doesn't want to fucking see on daca.com in 2010 <laughs> when, they somebody just, just... when they just posted their blood angels army with four rhinos and 25 guys and two hqs and they're like i finally fit and it's like two years ago it's meta right. they're like i finally finished it it's so it's done and then, like, right after that, KDB Shane Next Level painting, poop, just finished this in 10 days. Check this shit out. It's like <laughs> 68 dudes, 22 tank chassis. And then it's like, no matter how good it looks, it's like, fuck that guy. Yeah. Oh, no, totally. You know I, what I mean? I, 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 I have definitely <laughs> felt that feeling. I mean, like, I'm a musician, and I remember when, like, all the kids like my age we would like learn a metallica song and all we had was like tabs and um these young kids when i was selling guitars they would come in to guitar center and they'd be like doing like sweep arpeggios and shit and i'm like yeah fuck you guys <laughs> i've only been doing this for 14 years you could suck my dick yeah i feel it you know yeah. and it's it's exactly the same thing it's the same parallel you know like and then but now we have accessibility right now that we're in 2020 it's a little different right sure the market's a little bit more competitive uh but there's still enough like clients in the ocean of commission painting that there's enough room for almost infinite studios that that really hasn't changed what's changed is accessibility and knowledge so it's not like these five mystical gurus who can airbrush it's literally anyone can airbrush. Right, right. Watch a video on YouTube. You will learn how to airbrush pretty quickly. You know what I mean? Well, so when I first started, I like I've actually only been doing it for a couple of years uh, and uh, I've had friends doing it for forever. I was always more of like the collectible card game guy, you know, and, and like just playing video games. And as soon as I saw all the monsters from Kingdom Death, I was like, shit. Oh my God, this is what I need. I need this in my life. Oh, yeah. And um, and as soon as, like my first thing, I didn't get into 40K, I didn't buy a little five-man squad to test it out. I bought fucking <laughs> the Kingdom Death Monster starter and like uh, a couple of the expansions. You know, I was like $600 into this thing. It's like, I oh, better get- I got two boxes in my garage I haven't even opened yet because of the shame. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and so I, I, I started, finding your videos on YouTube 
and uh, and like learning like how to thin paints to work through the airbrush because I didn't I didn't instantly think like oh I should buy airbrush paint like if that was going to be my focus uh, and so I you know I've learned almost everything from how I hobby from your videos essentially you know from just the stuff that I need to buy to keep the stuff maintenance to you know like the uh you know flow improver from uh Vallejo. it's it's amazing stuff Game and changer. yeah I mean, back, back in the old days we were like just get some alcohol and water and now i'm like that is the literal opposite of what you want to happen yeah but we didn't know worst. better we didn't know what the fuck we were doing back in those days you know <laughs> well it's uh it's <laughs> it's been really impressive watching your your content over the the years and like I basically watched like four years of YouTube in like six months because uh, you know you just get ravenous on it and uh, and uh, it it was funny because like my wife would come home from work and she would hear you talking and she's like is that that professional wrestler again and I was <laughs> like yeah yeah it's, it's just, yeah it's Kenny it's good and uh, and and I was able to do so much interesting stuff right off the bat to where like people started asking me very early on and me doing it if I could paint their stuff for them. So I instantly started taking commissions, which was probably for my emotional state, the worst thing to do, but I couldn't have done that without your videos. That's uh, what's, so that's what that, that makes me happy to hear. And that's, what's interesting about this whole market is that if you're thinking about being a pro painter, it's always, it's always about timing, right? Like, and if you have the moment in your life to do it, I've, I've actually, I do like uh, private lessons on my Patreon page. And a lot of people think all I do is, is coach on painting, but like, I just got off the, off the, the line with uh, a guy who's starting his commission studio. Oh, awesome. Cause th there's this crossroads that's happening right now for a lot of people with this crisis where they can, can put some serious effort into it and, and, and pursue that and follow that passion and see if they're right for it. Because here's the thing, there is someone who wants to pay you to pay models, no matter how good you think you are. Oh, absolutely. Like there is somebody who is willing because it's it's infinite scale, it's infinite techniques and styles. And I always encourage every human to monetize a passion and, and pursue something. You don't have to be a master painter to sell art, you don't. Right. You just have to provide a service. If, you know, if you're more service oriented, be more service oriented. If you're more artistically oriented, you do single minis, do the best single minis in the world. And it's always inspirational or inspiring for me to hear people say what you just said to me. Like that makes me super fucking happy to hear, man. Well, and especially since you have seemed to, like YouTube may have been like a lot of like my group of people's introduction to you even though it's you know you have a much longer history in the hobby oh yeah youtube but, came years later like youtube was like and like you know to the earlier commercial arts statement youtube was like literally just like exposed it was an advertisement dude like we were like me and robert like yo we got because we were bloggers right. and they were like what's this new podcast thing and then it was like yo you heard about like doing videos on youtube i feel like we gotta do that now and then later we were like yo what's that live shit twitch you know what I'm saying? We had a sticky note on my computer monitor. It was like Twitch question mark. It was there for like a year before I was like, fine, I pulled it off. And I was like, what the fuck is this? What is this thing? <laughs> but it shows you the evolution of like, people were down to comfortably read very concise editorialized uh, content about painting and tactics in this game. And then later they didn't want to, they wanted to hear it. And it right. shows you that kind of where we are. And then we wanted to see it too and hear it. And then we wanted to see it happen in the full in front of us live, which is funny because first it was like, you didn't have enough time to read something. 
tell it to me on the way to work. And then we kind of went backwards where it's now you got to schedule your time around my time and stay here for three hours and watch me do a live. So it's interesting how that occurred, but then how each one of those groups is somewhat self-contained and has their own communities with with some crossover between the others. So me sure. and Rob are trying to stay on top of whatever the new thing is. And YouTube was literally, let's put out the content that we have and advertise our painting service in a way to strengthen our economic stability and have more money, right? And that was the goal. And then later, I quit commission painting and dedicated myself to instructional videos. So you no longer do commission painting at all? No. Uh, I can't say I blame you. That is sometimes the like most thankless job that you can do. You're like, I put all this time in this thing. And then, you know, it's hard not to like get wrapped up in it, even though it's a piece of plastic with some acrylic paint on it. Like you, you want to do a good job for some people. And you know, when you don't get the reaction that you want, like, you know, I'm a custom picture framer and I, you know, I'll work for hours getting the design up and, and, you know, then it takes hours to build the thing. And sometimes, you know, at the end people are like, oh, okay. And you just watch them kind of like chuck it in the back of your car and you're like, really? Well, <laughs> at, least, at least I made money off of it, but really? <laughs> and that's, and that's a big thing is like two things were occurring for me to make that decision. Right. Well, and, well maybe three, one of them was a big move, big cross country move, move from mm -hmm. North Carolina to California. And that, so that takes a lot of fucking money. Yeah, well, and absolutely. that was only possible because of my lady, my life, my seven and a half year girlfriend, Bonet. She was like, we got to get the book out of here. This place sucks. And I was like, yeah, it does. Like, <laughs> it's going to kill me. <laughs> and which is funny because she's in film and she writes and directs and she was taking a break from the whole scene when we were out there, I was out there uh, for painting and being mm. close to my people and stuff. And then their film instead of kind of dried up and there was nothing for her to do. She did a couple things, but she was like literally working at restaurants and two doing working at two different bars at the same time, just trying to uh, save us money. Yeah. Cause because she was like, we need this move out to California. And I was like, man, we don't got that kind of money. That's just like I Googled some stuff. I was like, it's like ten thousand dollars. Yeah. I was like, we yeah. don't got that. We don't got that. She's like, how long will it take to save that? I was like, 10 years? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> like we don't like that's not a number we can hit and she was like okay so what you're telling me is we need 10 cheeks got it and then she went out hustled her ass off and wrote a script for uh production out there and they're doing union minimums but they couldn't afford a union minimum on it so she deferred the payment and all she required up front was ten thousand dollars nice nice and she came back to me she's like well there's due and i was like god damn it <laughs> <laughs> And so then we were on the road to California, right? Yeah. And we, and so that was a big thing. Like I put myself in a situation where I was no longer comfortable. Right? Yeah. So comf comf being, not being comfortable is really important to growth. So yeah. I was feeling really anxious about where my business was and how it was really a comfortable business and it was really an innovative business. And I was looking at how I felt about just, you know, the endless task orientation uh, and, lack of like artistic like love for the commission process like my sixth year of doing it mm -hmm. and then i was also looking at my bank account and i was like watching it go down 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 and then i'm like adding up how much money did i make this month how many hours did i work to make that month oh don't look at it it's so bad you know <laughs> and i was like so all of those kind of came together where i wasn't feeling anymore the passion wasn't there and you always gotta you got if it's not something you're passionate about don't fucking do it right you're not gonna do it well no. that's the thing and so 
I was just discovering Twitch. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to stream my commissions at least it's a twofer. And then like within 30 days, I was like, nope, I want to I want to do it like it's its own thing and I want to instruct. Yeah. And then I made this huge risk where I closed up shop where I was like, I think if I go full force on this, which I'm really into right now, I'm really passionate about this. And I think if I go full force on this, I can make it at least at least as valuable as what mm-hmm. we're doing with commissions. It's a risk. It's a huge risk because you're leaving X on the table for an unknowable, but you need it to be equal to original X, you know? So right. it's like, all right. And we busted our asses. We made it happen. We took some risks and then we got it to stabilize and my mental health improved. My passion was reinvigorated. It made me take a second look at my process, my whole platform, what I do. I got, I wasn't comfortable financially anymore because I live in fucking Los Angeles and it's super expensive out here. Oh yeah. And so I kind of slowly shifted everything over to more instructional, not just like a YouTube video and a commission that, that was about a commission, you know, like right. it was literally like, let's just take some hard looks at some, some no- notable techniques, let's send people to Patreon. There's more and more in there. Let's send people to Twitch where we do it live. And then let's open up our private classes and our weekly webinars. And here we are in 2020, that was four years ago where we are, I do like literally like on a Wednesday, I'm like cutting a tactics video, cutting a webinar, cutting a podcast, distributing your podcast. It's my favorite day of the week because I get to use everything I have figured out with Rob in the last decade yeah. all in one fucking day. It is the most rewarding and ultimately passionate day that I get to have. But even like on a Tuesday, I get the live stream. On a Thursday, I get to cut a studio video. On a Friday, I get the live stream. On a Saturday, I get the live stream, you know, and then teach classes all in between. It's just like endless fulfillment, interacting, doing social things and fucking helping people find their path, whatever it may be to success, whether it's just to be a better artist, to get their army on the tabletop for this tournament in two weeks or to become a content creator themselves. Well, it it seems really cool that you have been so flexible. I mean, you and and Rob both have been that flexible to, to understand that. And I think one of the things that like breaks my heart is, you know, when I listen to like the Long War podcast and, you know, Rob's always, he always likes to keep it fairly PG even though I'm pretty sure behind closed doors, he's he's got- Every time a, a, you can get him to say fuck, it's awesome. Yeah. An, well, an I, angel gets its wings. Right, right. And you know that it's gotta be there, uh, but he's just, he's like, he's, he's the all-American man. And it, it's so great seeing him be like this, like, we're gonna be positive, we're gonna be good. And you're like, fuck it. We don't get anything from this thing. We're just gonna be ourselves. And it's it's really interesting to see those dichotomies work together because I I find your guys' banter to just like I don't even really play 40k anymore. But I actually really love listening to you guys talk about 40k because you're passionate about it, you're having fun, you can tell that you're friends, and uh and you it's really funny when you can just hear Rob like cringe, like, oh my God, we just said that. And uh, and also watching him try to explain Adeptus Titanicus to you guys. And you know, I know that he's probably just done that conversation with you so many times. And it just like, ah, it cracks me up every oh, single time. I love Mr. Mr. Rob Bear. 
I, I like to tease him and call him the most fam famous man of 40k. He hates he, he really is. Uh, and and sometimes I think the most hated man in 40k. Oh, and I, yeah. I feel it's the same. That's the same person. Yeah, it's the same person. And I feel so bad for him because he seems to be like totally genuine. Human Let me hear you. Yeah, yeah. want to talk about super nice. Cares about things. He's very. He's very like very logical he's a he's an engineering background the way he puts things together is very smart and intelligent and a lot of times he's on guard because he's been fucked by people like people oh, have, i'm sure have torn him down before and so he's very reserved with his his love and emotions but like to his friends we know him as like generous always got your back um kind smiles very charming like also like six three like oh he's tall <laughs> yeah six three well dressed and anywhere between like 30 to like 750 years old you yep. just don't know because he looks exactly the same as yep. he has like he hasn't aged at all no. the dorian grave miniatures he's got a a miniature that ages in his closet somewhere that he can't look at takes all his age <laughs> not like he but he's you know like w with him We've been friends for so long. That's where like our banter is. You know, we've definitely had our fights over the years, but it's sure. always like, I always say like, you know, people are like don't go into business with your friends. That's like a, a known, you know, thing people say. I guess I'm like the opposite. I'm like always going to business with your friends because business will show you your friends really are. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. It's the quickest way to discover that truth. And me and Rob have discovered ride or die, bad boys for life, all day every day. And we made a decision a long time ago that the podcast, like we used to have commercials, we used to do sponsor st stuff on the podcast. Nope, we took it all out. We're like, we will choose to talk about things that we like and you can't pay us to talk about them. Like I, I we used to accept money great. for that, but we got rid of that. Like we're yeah. like, we, if we like it, we'll talk about it. And since no money is changing hands, then you know we like it. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think that, I think the long war has taken like this last especially since you got Wyatt on it has seemed to have a really good solid flow and you guys the four of you have this great sort of back and forth it isn't confusing anymore who's on the show uh the the would you rathers to get everybody warmed up is just like such a great thing to start on and uh and and it feels it feels actually way more accessible because I've heard like uh, women say that like they aren't really comfortable getting into like the long war because they don't like all the like fart and dick jokes for like a million years. And while I think the would you rathers are still very gross, they they are more scientific scientific feeling. <laughs> we break it down. I, I mean, I personally, it's always my goal to try to bring something back to poop. <laughs> right, it's just me. Uh, my my uh, Bonaeus had to deal with that for seven years. She, you know, she's like, "Why is it always about poop? Because poop is fucking hilarious." That's why. It, poop is hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. It is super funny. Dicks are also hilarious. Look <laughs> at them. They're, look how dumb they look. Like <laughs> they are on the outside of our bodies. Who designed that? Yeah, obviously ridiculous. It's a <laughs> cosmic joke, and it, you have to laugh at it. It's like the duckbill platypus. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I know you're running out of time, so I did really quick want to do uh, uh, my would you rather that I did for Wyatt. Uh, and it doesn't have to do with uh, dicks, poops, or toenails. Um, this is this is the, the cosmic question. Uh, would you rather 
GW, uh, stick with all of these amazing, like fully rendered models that we've been getting, which are just like some of the most special pieces, but the actual game system progressively just stays as broken as it is and never gets fixed. Or they go back to the monopose metal models where all you do is you're painting a stupid squat ass Marine, but the rules are beautiful. They're updated, they're balanced, they're, they're uh, online, they're in a book that's magic, but you only get the, the monopose uh, models. I'd take the, the, the sick ass models in the shit game. <laughs> Not, I mean, well, and I'm, I'm, I'm a gamer first. Sure. I'm a painter second, always have been, which is also something probably unique to my perspective and my brand is that I've always been a competitive player, first and foremost. Yeah. But there, but I would sacrifice GW's shit game, uh, have it be like, and I love the game now more than I've ever loved it before, but it would actually, if we had the sickest models in the game, but this game system was just basically DOA now, <laughs> that means somebody else would swoop in and pick it up. Uh-huh. And we would all have the sickest models and the sickest game. And the sickest game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, I would take that because I think that is a that path will lead to the best. Whereas like GW being the most innovative model making company in the game today, it take a long time before somebody catches up to where they are with their system. Oh, absolutely. With their plastics, with what they're able to, to put down on the table with like these AOS minis and shit like that. Like it's, it's literally preposterous. Like nobody is, this is why we get so heated about Forge Worlds on our podcast. <laughs> because it's just like, that's like 20 years ago shit, guys. Nothing looks good. It's all garbage. Every boutique third-party person and every STL file on the internet looks better. Yeah, it's crazy that Forge World is still a thing. Uh, and I- Because it's a license to print money. It's literally, it, that's all it is. That's why they don't care about customer service. Or they have customer service, but not quality control because for a nickel's worth of resin and a $300 price tag, they're willing to just send you another nickel's worth of resin, resin <laughs> to shut you up. They don't right. care. Why, why would they spend 40,000 pounds a year on a quality control department when they're just going to send you nickels worth of resin to fix the problem? Why would they pump anything else into that? Because there's always going to be a market for someone to go in there and think they're getting some luxury shit. And, and their numbers have gone down in a lot of years, but it's like, it's still free money to them. Right, right. Uh, it, uh, there's no literally no incentive to change what they're doing. They have no, even with the, the black market. Okay, fine. It cut into our free money bag. Right. It's still the free money bag. <laughs> just the other day in the St. Louis Warhammer group, someone was like, I just got a bonus from work. I can't wait to hit up that Forge World site. And I about <laughs> like, my jaw fell to the ground. I was like, what world are we living in right now? Like, like is, did we just go into like a time loop and we're like 15 years in the past? For like, every 10 of us who believe what we believe about Forge World, there's one guy who just got his bonus and is willing to spend it all on Forge World. And that's what they're like. It's uh, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing, and I'm I I I don't kink shame, you know. If that's your thing, if you like if you like pitted models, if it gets you gets you going, like, dude, you know, you do you. But I I was I was floored by that one because it was not done out of like irony. He was he was one hundred percent serious. I was like, oh, I like, good joke, lol. Yeah, I'm I was like, serious. Dude, same same you could spend the same amount of money over at creature caster and get you know like double the models that are going to blow you away with some of the best customer service that you've ever like it's just like 
okay. Yeah, and with all this 3D printing, like, I mean, shit, every model I've ever gotten from like Titan Forge or Wyatt has been printing some sick models. Rob has been printing models. Like, you know, like these, I'm like every single thing that those guys have sent me, all three of those names I just listed is yeah. better than a modern Forge World model. It's, like, it, it's astounding and it it really is the the miniature hobby renaissance right now and i'm i'm thrilled to be a part of it and i'm thrilled for you to be a part of it and uh and i love i love watching your content kenny and i really appreciate you taking the time uh to talk with me today but i definitely want to let you get get on to the rest of your night so because certainly we could sit here and talk and bullshit oh, 40k all day every hours. day i mean we've been ships in the night for some time now yeah and so i was grateful to have this opportunity today as well and anyone out there listening to this just know that this shit will end and we will be get through all this shit but i recommend you learn something new today man figure something else out that you never figured out before man you know try something like that's that's what this time is about. It's not about like going back to a task you've been putting off for six months and doing it. Fuck that. That's right. a chore. Right. Something new. Yeah. Do something uh, crazy. It's all about getting your 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 mental health pointing in the right direction, and uh, that that is what this hobby has given me, uh, and and I'm finding it to to be true for all my friends as well right now, which I'm I'm thrilled about. I'm some of them are putting out some of the best work I've ever seen them do. It's a, it's a, it's a fucking exciting time to be a part of this, and uh, and I'm ready to to get my community back and uh, get some games on the table because I like you also like it's all about playing games. Like while while I don't like playing an unpainted uh, army, I will play an unpainted army. Like I I just want to get some fucking reps in. I like rolling dice and I like losing. I don't even care. Like <laughs> I like, I like it. It's it's a good time. <laughs> Playing is the ultimate culmination. It's the final destination of this great hobby that started with looking at a cool picture on a codex, reading all about it, buying these models, building them, struggling through it, talking to friends, scheming in your beat slab, learning tactics. And then one day you went somewhere and lost a whole bunch of games. And you <laughs> did that a few times in a row. And then you started winning a bunch of games. And then finally you went to a big S trade show. You went to a big, you went to a big convention. Got to stay there all weekend meet some new people, meet up with some old friends, and now you realize what what there is, you know, like th what this community is about. And that is the final destination, no matter where you are in your journey, trust me, that's where you're gonna end up. And it's a great place. And we don't have that right now. So that's rough, but yeah. it's coming back. It's coming back. Oh, I feel it, man. Where should uh where should people find you? Uh, your Patreon and uh, Twitch seem to be the 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 main the main things now. What what are we doing there? Google me. Google. You'll see it. That's <laughs> just decent. I was also trying to go with a Ron Burgundy uh, quote there. Um, I love it. But no, literally just Kenny Michelle on Facebook. All okay. all roads lead everywhere. Literally, if, if Facebook is your thing, YouTube is your thing. Doesn't matter. Just next level painting or my name, you'll find me. You'll see the pictures. We, we make it easy. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I'll send people your way, man. And again, Kenny, thank you so much for uh, talking with me tonight. I really appreciate it. Much love, homie. Awesome, man. Take it easy. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Hobby Time in the Murder Basement. I so appreciate your support. 
If you want to see more hobby content, hop on over to twitch.tv backslash Heath Aldrich to see all of your fun hobby content streaming whenever I get a free chance. If you like listening to these episodes in more of a podcast form, I should be on all of your favorite podcasting apps. Make sure that you like and subscribe to me there. If you can, leave me a five-star review. I'd really appreciate it. Have a nice rest of your day, and we'll be talking to you soon.